thanks for joining us at Imagine Yourself, a podcast for people who want to reimagine their lives in new and better ways. And sometimes that starts off with reimagining what is coming out of your very own mouth. That can be dangerous sometimes. Very dangerous. I am guilty of saying things that I wish I could retract, redact, and take back. Sandy, do you also wish that you could say the right thing at the right time that would get your point across without causing a fight? Man, as often as I have been opening my mouth and for as long as I've been opening my mouth, I still put my foot in there more often than I would like to admit. (laughs) Well, that is why we have to bring in the big guns today. We have a communications department professor from Wayne State University, Lena Antoon. She teaches oral communication and she's a traffic reporter for several radio stations so she can help people get to and from safely. And don't forget, she's an associate producer for the globally syndicated health and lifestyle show, Ask Dr. Nandy. So she brings a lot of expertise, although mostly we're gonna be tapping into the communications professor. So Lene, what would you like to see us accomplish by the end of this episode? By the end of this episode, you will have a better grasp on how to finesse your communication skills in relationships, in the workplace, in those political hot button talks, and even on social media. Let's welcome Professor Lena Antoon. Thank you, ladies, so much. That it was a beautiful introduction. I am honored. How are the both of you this afternoon? We're doing great. And like Lene said, so happy to have the Bing Guns in here because communication has always been tricky. But it seems like in 2020, it's gone to a new level with all of the politics and the controversies or things that people think are controversies, along with the usual family and friend dynamics. So, Lena, how do we discuss things civilly while still getting our point across? It just seems like it's more difficult than ever. I feel the same exact way. This is by far the most dynamic time that we've been in. I find myself, whether it's in person with my brother-in-law, who I disagree on a daily basis with, or when I instruct in class, or when I'm on a social media platform, what is it that I actually want to accomplish when I speak to them? So really, what's the motivation to engage and just possibly disagree with the other, whether it's political, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's even social justice? You have to ask yourself first before you engage with them. And then from there, you do end up having to identify what is your behavioral pattern towards that person. So like I said, if it's relational, my sister is one way that I communicate with her versus my mother versus my brother-in-law versus a cousin or a close friend. And then the functional part is who's that person on the social media platform or even your work person. So you have to really identify what it is you want to accomplish and then not just the goal that you want to accomplish. But who is that person in relationship to you? So yeah, different people and then the different goals. Like sometimes we might want to persuade someone. Sometimes we're just looking for a discussion. It's not always that we're trying to change people's minds, right? No, it's not always. But at least I understand how you want to get the point across. But then after that, you have to ask yourself, what is the particular issue that you feel that you need to validate? Do you just want to listen to what they have to say? Or is there an actual goal that you have in mind? Did you actually want to change their views. And is it strictly to inform or is it to educate or is it to even remotely persuade? Because if it's an attempt to validate your own stance, either way, it's best that you just find the kernel of the truth 
and that you and that person on the other side so that way you can sort of come to an agreement because what you don't want to do is walk away with all that discourse with all that language that has just filtered through your mouth or the typing or whatever the case is if you can agree to disagree that's fantastic but conflict especially now whether it's the pandemic whether it's the political sphere whether it's anything our conflict is related to our identity and that's something that you actually have to be very mindful of. And so if you're disagreeing on something, you're literally challenging their identity. And so do you really want to do that? Is that something that's very hard to recognize in the midst of this disagreement? You're challenging their beliefs and their identities. They're going to be in fight or flight mode. So is that what you want to accomplish? Because people so, take things so personally? Absolutely. I mean, I have conflicts on the daily with my brother-in-law at the kitchen table while we're eating dinner and it's always i hate to bring it up an abortion issue so i have to be mindful why do you feel this strongly about the situation what is it that i hope to accomplish with you and not just that but what can we agree on and in the midst of all that what type of language am i going to use with him all that comes into play and then even after that I would ask that anyone that wants to actually provoke a debate, whether it's you or whether it's the person on the other side of the keyboard, or sees or hears something they just find unjust, ask yourselves those questions first before you then begin to proceed with caution. And then when you do proceed with caution, and I tell this to my students all the time, you really need to begin to listen attentively. Receive the message, take your time, and marinate on it. Give that other person the respect that they deserve with sincere effort. If you're debating on something that both of you are passionate about, you're going to be listening actively. So then if that's the case, try and find and try to understand their perspective. And language is actually really, really vital. You need to just modulate in person and especially on social media. What doesn't need to happen is to say something that you will regret and then you'll end up mincing your words. So you've got all this coming into play, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's just the political sphere that thankfully we're done with in a few weeks, but maybe not because this is all going to last past that election day. And from that point forward, you have to ask, okay, so that's going to pass, but my relationship isn't. Mm. How do you move forward and make sure that it stays as best as intact as you possibly can? Are you going to listen? Are you going to respect that other person or not? And ethnocentrism also comes into play. If they're not giving you the same answers that you're trying to find, what you don't want to come away with, oh, I'm better than them because I've got more education. Oh, I'm better than them because my race is better. Oh, I'm better than them because I live in a better place. Oh, I'm better than them because of the political sphere. No, that's anthrocentrism. And that's something that you need to take out of your mindset. You've got me thinking so many thoughts at one time. I mean, I had not thought about the fact that people, when they're arguing, it's really coming from their sense of identity of who they are as a person and who they think you are as a person because of what you're saying. Also, you have me thinking about slowing down. There's such a sense of urgency to get out my feelings and make you change your mind immediately. Right. And sometimes it just seems like you can sabotage your whole point if you don't put in a powerful, well-placed, 
well-executed sentence that makes sense, that's intelligent, and maybe not so emotionally heated and charged. You're absolutely right about that. You go into it, into that fight or flight mode. Your discourse and your language is a reflection of your identity. That is where you have to, and I've done this many a times, and I'm sure that both of you have done this as well, step back okay, I'm going to walk away from this just a moment. So that way I don't go into that fight or flight mode. I don't start typing in all caps. I don't start (laughs) screaming. I'm going to tell them exactly how I feel. I'm not going to yell at my brother-in-law or anybody else because there have been arguments even in restaurants right now when I go into and have small gatherings with my relatives. Do you understand? And then I step back. I'm like, do you understand? And then I go from there because I don't know if I'm there to validate myself. At the very least, I want to educate that person. And so I may be able to do that and walk away or at the very least, find the kernel of truth. And when you find that kernel of truth, that's where you can at least move forward. At the same exact time, when you walk away, like we were talking about, so that way you don't sabotage, just marinate on the words that they said first before you come back, because it gives you time to reset, then you can move forward and say what you need to say in a nice manner. Because what you don't want to do is sabotage that relationship permanently. I have seen so many people on social media that have said they've cut off relations with relatives. They've cut off, I don't know how many relationships with their friends. Was all of this really worth it. And these are people in the communications field as well. But again, the political sphere, the pandemic, all these issues are identity related at this time. And so if you're coming at someone with, well, it's more political than it is medical, that's an identity issue. If you're Republican versus Democrat, that's an identity issue. So when you speak to that person, at the very least, listen to them. Or if they're coming at you and they want to debate, fine, listen to them, marinate, and then come back, just modulate your language. Make sure those caps are not on the entire time, because I have had to like literally step away enough times to be like, you know what? You're not worth it. Not just that, your health comes into play. That's where that blood pressure comes in. Definitely. Blood pressure and all kinds of stress can have different negative effects on your health. One way to deal with it if it really negatively affects you is to avoid it if you can on social media. I just scroll past all the political stuff as much as I can. And I have friends from all sides of a lot of issues who have very strong feelings about it. So even if I read it and don't just scroll past it, I definitely don't comment. But it's still going to affect me in some cases. Whether or not I agree or disagree with the person, if they're saying, hey, anyone on the other side is not my friend anymore, I'm going to block you, whatever. It might not be me they're talking about, but it could be a friend or a relative. But I don't really want to see somebody insulting a whole group of people. And I feel like it's worse now than ever before. But what do you think? What do you, what do you, what do you weigh No, no, I have to totally agree with you. November 3rd will come and go. This pandemic will come and go. Your relationship, do you want it to come and go? Do you really want to go down that route? And you're breaking up the relationship via language. 
you can always say agree to disagree and then move forward. Do you want to do that or do you want to damage the situation? So language just plays a huge role right now in everything that we say and everything that we do. And it's related to our identity. What you also don't want to do is just cut ties just because you're sticking up for someone. And maybe you're missing out too on the opportunity to educate someone or just have a conversation and say, you know what, I hear you. But here's why I think that you can look at it in a different way. And Lena, you touched on this a little bit. You said uh, it's like finding some common ground with somebody. And maybe you can't find the common ground on the politics. But maybe you find common ground on something else and like work that into the conversation. Does that kind of help open doors at all? Oh, absolutely. I, I actually had this conversation yesterday with a doctoral candidate. And he said there are layers upon layers. And there's a kernel of truth that all of you can possibly agree on. Can we agree on that? And then that opens up the conversation of, okay, so this is where we start to split. And then that's where language is vital as well. And audience analysis. I hear you give me a little bit more, but I also want you to understand that this was the reason behind my points of one, two, and three. It's like, listen, I come with you with all of my educated guesses, if you will. So I don't come off as if I'm just hammering you with my identity. So, you know, you've got all of these going on. Find that kernel of truth because there are more and more layers to that, that I'm sure that you'll start peeling that onion as soon as you open up that conversation. I feel like, too, another thing to keep in mind is sometimes it takes a minute for you to digest what the other person has said and you might either change your mind or they might change their mind. I keep thinking about this analogy of a flower. You don't put the seed in the ground and the next day you're like, where's the flower? It should be here by now. You know, you don't necessarily put that kernel in like you're saying and expect the person to totally switch their opinion overnight. And then the other thing I kept thinking of when you were talking was when you're having that discussion with that one person, I don't want to treat it as if that's the one person that's going to make the difference. If I can convince this one person that they should vote for candidate A or B, then that's who's going to be elected president tomorrow. That's not even going to happen. (laughs) It's, It's a situation where even if that one person changes their vote, there's still millions of other people that will vote other ways. And it just seems so pressing that you make this one person understand And I feel like you're just exhausting yourself. And like you said, lifting your blood pressure and everything for something that is maybe not even necessary. Yeah, getting everybody all upset for no good reason, even though in the moment we think there's a good reason. To simplify it, pick your battles. And when you end up picking those battles, it's really taking all of that in, really looking that person and trying to understand their perspective and then their point system and their value system and understand that if you look at their social media or if it's a personal person, like for me, it's my brother-in-law or my sister, when you speak to them, understand their fight or flight mode and what is it that triggers them and come to that with a very understanding heart and emphasize on that and then marinate on what they have to say. Again, just modulate that language because you don't know where they're at in their perspective, what their past experiences are. And then from that point forward, you can start to probably articulate a little bit better. And not just that, 
if you can't engage with them in a civil manner, and we're finding that that's a lot more difficult to do now, especially when you said, Sandy, I'll just start scrolling past. I just don't want to see anything. <laughs> that's when you have to disengage. And I am right there with you. I just scroll past because maybe some of them want to debate, want to provoke you. Is it worth it? So it's a matter of how do you proceed with that one person? And sometimes when a if you post something or if you post something on someone else's, like you do a reply on someone else's status, you probably don't even realize this. You're not necessarily there to provoke them or to have that back and forth dialogue, but maybe someone else on the other side with your understanding, with your meticulous and your strategic language will actually be open to something a little bit more than what they had before. It's not just about who that person is back and forth, because there are several hundred people behind that keyboard that will probably see what you have to say and then may end up thinking twice. Now, that may not end up changing whatever electoral votes, but at the very least, it opens up a good conversation and you don't have that discourse that we've all been experiencing in some shape or form, whether it's face to face or whether it's along social media. Now, coming back from social media a little bit, because like you said, that takes on a life of its own with all these different people chiming in and you can't read tone and text and people taking things the wrong way. But focusing on face-to-face and mostly in the one-on-one kind of relationships, I ran across this and I want to get your opinion on it as far as having an argument. And they said three important components, use humor, stay calm, and watch your body language. So I made that into something I could remember. USB, you use humor, us stay calm, B, watch your body language. I use the B for body language and not the W because USW doesn't sound as good because like USB. <laughs> but so yeah, I mean, can we use little tactics like that? Humor, I mean, when I'm talking about fighting with my husband, humor is always something that we found that works well. It's a universal language. So I would instantly say go with that one. I've done it myself where I think when you get into that argument, like you say, or when you're at a disagreement, I'm already at a fight or flight mode. I really have to count. And then just like you said, use the humor to bring it back down to one and then have that dialogue that you were meant to have. And understand, again, in that process, what your husband's perspective was in all of this. It may be different than what you thought, or it may be just what it was. But at the very least, get that humor in. And body language is absolutely crucial, just like you said, Sandy. This is a slight side note. I'm so disappointed that I'm only teaching online. Because my biggest thing, as you know, I'm a hands person. I'm a whole full body person, head to toe. And so I speak not only with my voice and with my words, but also with my body language. You understand me more as my message is enhanced with my body language. So if you are face to face with that person, just make it as warming as you possibly can, because when I have the students in front of me and they are just looking down, I'm like, look in front of me so that way I can see your eyes. Start using your gestures so that way they enhance your message. And that's exactly what you want is that person or yourself to enhance the message. What you don't want to do is just cross your arms because guess what? You are shoving them away and you want them to listen to everything that you have to say because all of this your voice, your tonality, 
the words and your body language all work together and as one. And if you're having that quote unquote argument, at the very least, they can not only hear you, but they can see you. And if you're about to argue, then the hands start flaring and that's when you bring them back down, (laughs) count to 10, modulate your language and then move forward. (laughs) This is all good because where I struggle more so, like Sandy's saying, with my personal relationships, family, spouse, different things like that. And I tend to either shut down completely or get really sarcastic. <laughs> no, Lene. Give up. Oh, yes. So I will either go and tell everyone in my whole household, everyone is against me. You all are against me. Or I'll get really sarcastic and shut down and just do one of those. I ought to just go off and run into the sunset and just never come back. <laughs> and that is so ineffective and it doesn't help anything. And my husband is always like, go take a nap and take a shower and eat an apple or go to sleep, something, get away. <laughs> what do I do so that I don't shut down? I hate shutting down. I hate that about myself. How do you fix me? Fix <laughs> me. <laughs> you know what? You can have that moment and then recognize that moment and then come back and be a better version of you. Because I think we all need those moments, especially when you're in the midst of that argument, whatever midst of argument that you are in. I mean, I have that all the time with a certain someone and he recognizes that and then just steps away. And then I recognize that and then I just count to 10 and then I go at it all over again in a better way. So take that moment, take a step back, count to 10 and then go at it in such a better way. And you will accomplish what you need to do or at least walk away happier. What Lene was doing was the drama queen stuff, which I am amazing at as well. It we are kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah, but only certain times. And remember, too, so we're all like mainly at home now. You can't really get away very much. We live with the person. They get to see all of the bad things about you. Also, just to give a heads up, too, to be fair, like some people, when they're hungry, they're like that. And that's not me. Mine is when I'm tired, when I'm sleep deprived. These things come out because Sandy, I really am a nice person. Lisa. I know you are. I, yeah. But these do come out at those vulnerable yeah. times. And I think it's more physically vulnerable and tired. That's my kryptonite. So I so, just wanted to figure out, yeah, how, I guess I got to just step back and reset, huh? Well, not just that, but you know what? At this point, since you and your husband are just together 24 seven at He's already analyzed you. You know, you're already part of that audience analysis. When he knows there's a certain time of the night and when there are certain things going on, he should know how to just step back. And if he doesn't, then that's when you are just, let me just disengage. Because what you don't want to do is wake up the next day and then still be in that little head stuff that you're in at that time. So, yeah, you guys are analyzing one another 24-7. And it should kind of be easy for him to figure out when to engage and when to not engage with you. And, and again, that goes for every aspect of every notion of the people that you come into contact with. Yeah, because so, I yeah. can see this with a boss or a coworker as well. You kind of know when to take on certain conversations and certain projects and when to kind of let them have their space. It's, so, yeah, that it's dynamic an art. Is, <laughs> yeah, the dynamics between each relationship is crazy and it is an art form, as you are saying. Yeah, communication with coworkers and clients, and I guess especially bosses. I have a friend who was telling me that, you know, since the pandemic and she's at home all the time, it's been harder to read her boss, but how important that can be. 
I've learned to assess my bosses. Well, I mean, technically speaking, I've got at least three bosses, but the one boss, I'm like, oh, you're calling me. So I know what to expect. And I literally have to modulate my language and then just move forward. One, because I don't need to get fired. And two, it's not worth it. <laughs> nope, it's not. So from work relationships to personal relationships to people we maybe barely even know on social media, from arguing about cleaning the kitchen to arguing about the presidential election. We are dealing with these communications issues, Lena, every single day. And we have the potential to make really just normal situations horrible, or we have the potential to make horrible situations and bring them back down, all with the power of words, it sounds like, and our demeanor. That's 100%, Sandy. Absolutely. I think, you know, you literally just hit it there. You just said you have the incredible power. You have the incredible power to speak. So you also have the power and you have to think about this. Do you want to enchant them or do you want to inflame them? How do you do it? You have to decide that. This is more about you than them. So do you want to go into something inflaming someone and potentially ruining a relationship? How does that make you, quote unquote, the best version of yourself? Yeah. Use the language, use the audience analysis, take into what they have into consideration. There's no point of inflaming anybody. But if that's something that you want to go into on an oratory basis, then that's your decision. Or did you want to enchant them? You just said it yourself, Sandy. You have that power. All right. So, Lene, are we ready for takeaway time? Is there anything else? Yeah, so every time uh, we have an episode, we like to kind of have a takeaway time where we think about all the things that we learned. And in this case, I want us to think about this fact. Like Sandy said earlier, it's like Sandy and I talk great all the time. Everybody would imagine yourself out there. I never have disagreements with you all because you all never speak back <laughs> in, in real time at least <laughs> but um <laughs> but I do want everybody out there to just kind of sit and think for a minute out of all the things that we discussed today I want you to concentrate where you struggle is it the coworkers that you work with is it your family members friends is it politics does that inflame you is it social media I want you to think about which area or areas you are struggling with And really sit and think about this whole conversation that we've had, if it's worth it, if it's not. I think everybody knows that little saying, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. (laughs) Or uh, I know on on one little movie is, if you can't say anything nice, come sit by me. (laughs) You can gossip about people together. (laughs) But either way, I want you to think about who you want to be. And because we have you here, Lena, is there anything that you want our audience to take away as one lasting impression before we send them out into the world and social media. (laughs) You know what, really just be the better version of yourself, be the heart that's already in you. And that goes with everything that you say and that you do and to who you say it to. Also that whatever it is that's in your heart or whatever's going on in your life right now, know that it's not permanent and to not make that your end all be all because how you approach someone else and how you come away with someone else can speak volumes later on. And what you don't want to do is deal with those consequences. Be that person that you're meant to be with your words and with your deeds. 
and then you can move forward in a better place. Love it. I love that. In another episode, we talked about the little THINK acronym, which I did not make up and I don't know where I got it from, but make sure that what you're saying is true, is helpful, intelligent, necessary, and kind. THINK. T-H-I-N-K before you open your mouth. Yeah. So we want to thank you, Lita, for kind of reminding us to be, you know, we always talk about imagine yourself, imagine yourself as your best self and saying things that reflect that. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for helping us. Our husband, my husband, I know probably Sandy's too, will thank you as well. (laughs) (laughs) A good one. I love it. Overall, imagine yourself communicating with everyone in your life calmly, effectively, intelligently, and so smoothly that your disagreements don't lead to your downfall. Take care. Be kind. Thanks for listening. And we hope that you will communicate with us whatever your feelings might be on the situation, whether that's via email or social media. And you can get all the links on our website, imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you're listening. And on our website, you can subscribe to our blogs as well. And you'll automatically get an alert when the new blog and episodes are posted. So talk to you again next time when we'll have something new to imagine.